This is Dear Hallmark. Each week, I'll bring you reviews of your favorite Hallmark movies and TV shows. So grab a drink and let's see what we're getting into with this episode. Hi, friends. It's a new week here at Dear Hallmark. My name is Dara and I am your host for the Dear Hallmark podcast. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Take your shoes off, hang your coat up, get comfortable. Dear Hallmark is a space where I bring you all the good news and some maybe some not so good news <laughs> from Camp Hallmark, Up TV, Great American Family, and during Christmas. We acknowledge Lifetime. Yeah. And also I do reviews and recaps of all of the Hallmark Channel movies and TV shows. On Thursdays, I recap Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. This is my first time watching that series. And on Tuesdays, I do the news and the new movie reviews from the previous Saturday. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We are talking about Welcome to Valentine. But first, for your appetizer, before we get into the entree, I got some new so the first bit of news hails from camp great american family and this is reported by deadline danica mckeller is set to co-write and star in her newest great american family christmas movie titled a royal christmas ball in addition to starring in this film mckeller wrote the story with marcy holland and serves as one of the film's executive producers In Royal Christmas Ball, Chelsea Shaw, a Chicago-based dance instructor whose adoptive parents have long since passed, travels to the small European country of Havenshire over Christmas break in search of her heritage and maybe even family. Discovering that the only way to get access to information she needs on her quest is via the royal family, she accepts an offer to teach a very reluctant prince a special waltz for the traditional royal Christmas ball. By the end of the Christmas adventure, Chelsea finds love, answers to her deepest questions, and yes, family. So... Y'all know I am good for a royal and a Christmas something or other. And and you put those two together and you got me hook, line, and sinker. So I am definitely going to be checking this out. Now, if you haven't, you know, if you're new here and you haven't ventured back into our Christmas episodes, you will have heard that, um, in my opinion, Great American Family did not do well overall for what I saw. I watched about a good 65 to 70% of the movies that they uh, put out this past Christmas season and they were not good. I still have a couple on my DVR via Friendly. Shout out Friendly sponsor me. Okay. Uh that I haven't watched yet that I'm planning to over the, you know before um the subscription or whatever. The DVR is up and it gets erased. So I am planning to do that at some point. However, um I am hoping that this year proves to be hills and airplanes higher and better than what we got last year from them we know that danica has one trevor is going to have one i mean we can only assume candace cameron beret is going to have one 
and Jen Lilly as well and Jessica Lowndes as they are the actors that have signed exclusive contracts with Great American Family as far as we know. So I am looking forward to that one. Next, from Camp Hallmark, Miss Tamara Mori Housley. If you are not one who follows her on Instagram, you should because she is teasing a new movie that she is currently filming for Hallmark. And she says that it involves singing and dancing. I am incredibly excited. If you guys don't know, Tamara can sing. And I mean sing. Sang, sang, like not sing, like she can sang. She has vocals, okay? So I am so looking forward to her using her vocals and seeing how she'll incorporate dance into this. I'm, I'm very, are we doing like a dance moms thing? I did hear over the Twitter sphere, even though I'm not on Twitter, people send me screenshots of tweets <laughs> um, that this may be like a, a mom, like a dance moms type of movie, which would be incredibly interesting. Uh, but lastly, and we're going to park right here for a minute. So I need you to put your Sprite in your cup holder um, and just, you know, take your food out of your, your, your fast food out of your bag and just lay your napkins on your lap because we're going to park right here and eat right here. So there was an article put out by CBS uh, pertaining to Wanya Lucas's tenure at Hallmark thus far. And uh, I had a few people send it to me and I read it. It is a bit lengthy, but I think it is worth the read. I'm going to link it in the show notes for you to read at your leisure. But it, it spoke of Wanya's changes to the Hallmark dynamic in terms of the types of stories that are being told through Hallmark, through the Hallmark brand and it was very much an emphasis on how Wanya is still capturing the essence of the Hallmark brand while trying to push boundaries of it. And honestly, I would have to disagree with that. I don't think, I think if anything, boundaries have been pushed more so than the brand has been maintained. I think that and I've been feeling this for quite a while. I I I really do believe that whatever the changing of the guard, who's ever in the 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 high castle now, I don't know if they truly have a grasp on what it is the Hallmark brand means to the viewers and what exactly the or even let's just park right here. What does the Hallmark brand mean? What is it? in general and then what does it mean to the viewers and what is important about the brand to the fandom because the fandom here in Hallmark land we thick as thieves you hear me we ride or die for our faves we love these people we love we have come to grow and love the community and the the feelings that we are able to get from these movies, while they may have been cheesy as Gruyere and Gorgonzola, we loved it because we we there was a sense of when we would watch these movies. There was a sense of I don't have to, uh, you, you know, like no feathers were being ruffled. You know what I mean, and. I can understand wanting to expand 
the element of storytelling. Like I loved Just One Kiss. I loved Caribbean Summer. I loved Romance and Style. I feel like all three of those movies captured the boundary pushing that the article was portraying. However, each of those films lacked that that I would get when I would watch a Hallmark film. And then it begs to to ask a question of understanding why your audience watches Hallmark to begin with. What is Hallmark's purpose? What what are we doing? And I felt like there wasn't a, a proper due diligence done on what the status of the brand and what it was giving. I felt like there wasn't a proper due diligence of it. I felt like they just kind of came in, not to quote Miley Cyrus, but they came in like a wrecking ball for real. Because out of nowhere, everything was canceled left, right, and center. And all we're left with now is when calls the heart. Because we just had our last season of Chesa- Chesapeake Shores was the last of the the tried and true hallmark that people lo- loved and adored that we now have no more. We still haven't had a new sign seal delivered. We still haven't, even though they've signed contracts with people who are a part of these classic mystery series that we love, like, um, uh, what is it? Crossword mysteries. How did we get two curious caterers before we got another crossword mysteries? And they've signed both Lacey and Brennan. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. They, I don't think they properly understand the, 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 how important the mysteries were to the viewers as well. Because I knew some people only watch the mysteries. Some people don't care about the romance movies. Some people don't care about the dramas. Some people, dare I say it, most people don't care about the dramas. Honestly, our lives wouldn't be, it wouldn't be nothing to us if the drama, if we just didn't have any dramas and just had Hallmark Channel movies and mysteries. And that's it. But they're giving us dramas. And okay, they're good. Like, okay. But for why? For why? How does this further... How does this further align the brand with its viewers? How does this further bring the fans into this Hallmark land that we that we know and love? And, you know, the biggest gripe for me over Christmas was the amount of drama that we saw in our Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. And I mean Hallmark Channel movies, because, you know, we have Hallmark Channel Christmas movies and then there's Hallmark movies and mysteries christmas movies and you know what to expect when you're watching eat watching either hallmark channel is going to give you light fluffy cheesy kind candy skittle starburst and hallmark movies and mysteries is going to give you that reflective that mm, that oh that what maybe wipe a tear or two from your eye but I feel like we were getting more drama with our hallmark channels and more comfort with our hallmark movies and mysteries and I'm like, hold on, mon frere. This is not the Hallmark Channel and the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries that people know. And I feel like, granted, while you're trying to push boundaries, you don't want to ostracize your viewership and your audience in the process. And I feel like that, that, that unfortunately, that's become 
what's that word? We've become collateral damage. I feel like we've become, us the viewers have become collateral damage to the boundaries that are trying to be pushed. Now again, I appreciate the elevation and the elevation of diversity that we've been seeing by by the amount of of black and brown people that we've seen through the mahogany movies that are being produced and made and even during christmas how having like our first south asian led christmas movie with um my big what is it big fat southern family christmas the the uh you know the one and then having the the mexican one with undercover holiday and then the kwanzaa one and then, you know, like having, but if you notice after Christmas, that mom's the word. Now we're just relying on mahogany movies. And it's like, if you really about diversity, keep that same energy, keep that same energy from why, why are you only, only championing diversity during Christmas? I understand there's more eyeballs on Hallmark during Christmas, but you still got eyeballs throughout the year. It's almost like, oh, we gung-ho and brew-ha-ha during Christmas. And then, okay, we put our feet up and have 7-Eleven slushies and, you know, eating blow pops or whatever for the rest of the year. And I'm just like, what, what is going on? What is going on? I feel like we are in such a beautiful space right now where we, could, where we have the opportunity, yes, to create new content, yes, to, you know, have more diversity, yes, to elevate the storylines a bit but I feel like the execution is less than poor in my opinion I feel like we I feel like we're kind of be cat we're kind of like casted aside I'm wondering has there been surveys done because we we also are having people coming from these vastly different networks like AMC uh Netflix you know what I mean like they don't they have an idea of what Hallmark is like because of how it was perpetrated in the media, but do they actually have a factual knowledge of the brand and the space and what it means to its fans and its viewers? That's my big question. And that's my big, that's my biggest thing because I feel like if we truly had a, a understanding and if we truly had a knowledge of what Hallmark meant and what the purpose of Hallmark is to its viewers and its fans, we wouldn't have done things the way that we've done it. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have cut, cut things off. So laissez faire, it just like we're cutting string off a ball of yarn or something. You know what I mean? With no words to be had, no warnings, no nothing. Just cutting it, doing away with it. And I feel like, quiet as it's kept, I feel like it was a move in the sense of like, we're going to clear the cachet and reset the factory settings as if Abbott was never here. Bill Abbott. And I get that. I get that why I I could get that that's what you're trying to do. But at the same time, you can't knock that some of the stuff that he did works. Like the seasonal movies. Don't promise. <laughs> Y'all know I'll be getting in because what they did last fall was a tra it was a tragedy of Shakespearean proportions. To promise me fall into love on and we're starting August 6th. And going into the dead of October. And we get 11 movies total within those those two and a half months. But yet only three out of 11 are actually fall. We have Autumn in the City, which is like an explicitly fall movie, as is Pumpkin Everything. 
those are our two explicitly fault movies. But if y'all remember, Wedding of a Lifetime, starring Jonathan Bennett and Brooke Dorsey, is actually a fall movie. The landscape, the 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 wardrobe, all that's actually a fall movie. So I count that. It just wasn't explicitly fall. Wedding of a Lifetime is, is a perfect example of doing a seasonal movie without it being like so explicit, which I know Hallmark used to do but in the past. Like everything had to have the season in the title in order to like it doesn't have to. Because look at Wedding Veil Inspiration. That is a, the, if that was shown in the fall, y'all, I promise y'all that probably would have got a four out of five for me. Because that was a beautiful fall movie. Same with Butlers in Love that was shown in 2020, uh, the beginning of 2022. But that was shown in January. That was a fall movie. And that probably would have got a four out of five of me, out of me, or maybe even a five out of five. If that was shown in the fall, we could have, honestly, if Delaney's was in the summer, Butlers in Love was in the fall, kept Wedding of a Lifetime, um, well, wedding inspiration is now. If we would have saved inspiration until the fall, because why did I need it in the in the in the in the in the winter? Why? New New. Oof, sorry, y'all. I didn't mean. <laughs> I was sitting here looking at the clock. I'm like, oh my gosh, I talked for so long. But I'm well, like when I tell you, like there's so much that could be done. There's so much that could be done. And I feel like there's so much that the, that's being missed out on that, that, that we have the opportunity to do that is not being done. Why doesn't Hallmark have a podcast? Why? Why? Why aren't we in the podcasting space? I don't understand. <sighs> okay. Anyway, read the article. <laughs> The article will be linked in the show notes. Um, I just, yeah. I And furthermore, if we didn't have mahogany, look at how less of diversity we would have. Because if you look at the movies that we got last year, pre-holiday, like, reg, I'm going to call it regular season. If you look at the regular season movies, Sans Mahogany. So Mahogany gave us two films, see, with Unthinkably Good Things and To Hurt With Love. Take those out of the equation. The only move, the only movies that were ethnically diverse included Love in the Limelight, Alexa Penavega and Carlos Penavega, because that was, um, yeah, I, I forget what, if they were, were they Puerto Rican or Mexican? But Love in the Limelight, we got Caribbean Summer with Heather Hemmings and Sidarius Blaine. And we got Second Chance at Love. Three out of how many movies? And we're not even going to start about up TV because that's a whole other discussion that I'll have to leave to another because then we're just going to be here for 45 minutes. But I just, I just have so much. There's so much potential here that could that could be tapped that I feel like isn't, and it's irking me. It's getting on my nerves, honestly. <laughs> it really is. And I love that we're doing these events. I love that we out here doing stuff at Sundance and doing all the things. I love it. But can we focus on home first before we just be out here in these streets? That's all I'm saying. We got to rebuild home. Because home 
is looking a little drafty. It's a little cold, and I need a Hallmark blanket. That's all I'm saying. Okay, this went on way longer than I thought it was. So I'm going to take a sip of water. Y'all let me know what you think. This is why I have y'all leave voice messages. What, what, read the article and then let me know how you feel. Read the article and then let me know how you feel. Because again, I don't want to take away from the strides that Wanya's tenure has taken since she's come on board because she has. The fact that we have a day spring and the fact that we have a mahogany franchise of movies now is fantastic. And what they're doing with Hallmark movies now with putting The Way Home on there and kind of being more active with Hallmark movies now, I love it. I'm here for it. I just feel like sometimes we are saying one thing and doing another. Like you may be speaking in faith, but you writing checks that can't be cashed right now. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of how I felt after reading the article. I felt like we're writing faith checks and maybe this is where you want to be, but it's not what we've been doing. However, it's coming across as if it's what you've been doing and it hasn't. That's kind of how I feel. So I'm going to take a break. This is my second close at the first segment. Let me know how you feel. And we're going to talk about Welcome to Valentine. So stay tuned. Welcome back, you guys. So, welcome to Valentine Stars, Catherine Davis and Markian Tarasiuk. Uh, and it is about a woman who loses her job in her apartment within the same week, day, basically. And Markian's character, George, kind of is the catalyst for her losing her job because he flips. She's a, a catering person, cater waiter, as they say it. And he accidentally flips a tray that lands on a, a very important VIP of an event that she's working that she was actually trying to schmooze to get her artwork off to this person. And he messed that up for her. And so to make up for that wrongdoing, he agreed with his cousin, who's her best friend, to road trip with them. He has to take a car back to Los Angeles. Can you tell in my voice that I don't care about this movie? But I'm going to do this anyway. Here we go. He... um. He he road trips with the cousin. She's going to Chicago. And then Catherine's character's going to Valentine, Nebraska. And he keeps joking about how this isn't a real town. And it's it's very cheeky and cheesy to the whole Valentine thing. Until his car gets stuck there. And he then begins to become more fond of the people and the town. And falls in love with Catherine's character. Blah, blah, blah. She has a sister and a nephew. I believe the kid is a boy. Um, and they are cute. There's a friend named Ronald who's cute that befriends George. Can we talk about Ronald's skin for two minutes? I mean, maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. But that man's skin was glass. It was porcelain. And I said, can I get your skin routine, brother? But... He was great. And then we have our villain, um, 
Ursula slash whatever the villain from Cinderella is because I don't understand why we needed this woman, Miss Hacky, Miss Mackey, Miss Nacky. It's Aki. It's tacky. All of it. Why did we need her? She was very, it was very much like we wrote her in to be the villain. Like, that's what it felt like. And I didn't like that it felt that obvious. I wish it was more seamless and integrated into the storyline. Y'all, I didn't like this one. <laughs> I didn't like this one. Uh, it's unfortunate because I, I gathered that it was going to be the weakest of the the Loveuary offerings um, when I saw the preview. I was just like, and it's unfortunate too because I love Katherine Davis. She has done really good movies on UpTV. She did in 2021 my my favorite UpTV Christmas movie. Christmas on Fifth Avenue, where she played opposite Olivier Renault. And then last year, she played opposite Franco Lopresti in Santa's Got Style and was brilliant. She also had another one on Lifetime last year with opposite, she was opposite Steve Lund in Six Degrees of Santa. That one was a little cutie patootie. But I don't know if this, because this was a Hallmark movie. Ah, I don't know. There was something different about this. And Catherine is very energetic in her performance. She has a background in theater. Um, be sure to watch her interview she did with everything about Hallmark and Suspenders Unbuttoned to learn more about her background because she has a background in theater. And I love her energy. I'm just like, what's... Y'all, I don't know where the breakdown was. I don't know if it was the story. I don't know if it was her energy. Like, was she too energetic? I don't... The kid was the best... The kid was giving it. He was the best part of this. The kid and Ronald's skin were my favorite aspects of this movie. Um, I could see if there is some people who... If there are some people who think that this movie is a cutie patootie... I think if I had a strong magnifying glass, I could see why. But I, within my hallmark heart of hearts, am finding it really hard with this movie. Um, I What I did find, though, is that I want Markian in another hallmark movie with a different leading actress and a different story. That's what I want to see. I want and I want to see Catherine with a different leading man and a different story in the Hallmark universe. Um, I'm not. Uh, was it lack of chemistry? Y'all, I'm really struggling here. Like I don't know what something was just off because I felt this movie felt contemporary. But yet instantly went back into the old... Like, I don't know if it was because it was a tug of war. And it didn't just want to fully lean into one thing. Um, because I enjoyed the beginning. And then I thought, oh, well, okay, I enjoy is a strong word. I was still... I was unstable in the beginning. But I kept trying to tell myself the beginning was good. And then when we got to the town, I thought, okay, this is where it's going to pick up. We had the sister, we had her nephew, and so on and so forth. And then Ronald. So I thought, okay, this is where it's going to pick up. And it never did. 
and we just have a diner with some strawberry shakes and a Valentine's Day festival that I feel like we didn't get to see. We didn't get to see anything from it. We just got to see little Miss um, Crassy Pants, Hacky Sack, yell at people through a bullhorn to get the parade started. I don't understand. Y'all, I'm exhausted. How are we nine movies in? First of all, we're nine movies in. This is wild. I feel like the year just started and we're nine movies in. We had five in January or eight movies. Oh, no, I'm adding. Sorry, we're eight movies in. Um, Because I added the Love Club into... I'm keeping a ranking. And so I added Brittany Bristow's Love Club to my ranking already since I already saw it. Um... And they're going to be premiering that one March 4th on Hallmark Channel. So we are eight movies in and I'm exhausted, yo. I'm exhausted, yo. I've probably only actually liked three out of the eight movies that we had this year. Sweeter Than Chocolate, A Paris Proposal, and A Wedding Veil Inspiration. In that order. In that order. I am I'm I may give A Paris Proposal a, re- a rewatch because I feel like it's going to fight Sweeter Than Chocolate as the top movie. Um, and it having that rewatch will probably solidify it in its number one or number two place. But both Valentine's Day movies from the past two weeks were so strong. And then I feel like we just fell down the stairs this week. And I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um... I'm nervous for next week or this coming week. I'm nervous. And I think I mentioned this. Yeah, I'm nervous. um, Did I mention this in the YouTube video? I think I did. I'm nervous for made for each other. Um, I'm nervous. I don't know what else to say. At this point, give me the Kimberly Sustad Brooks Darnell movie. Give me the Paul Campbell mystery. Why do I feel like this again? I felt like this in January. I was just like, just move me into February. And I was so hyped with Sweeter Than Chocolate and A Paris Proposal. And now this has has brought up more exhaustion, more exhaustion than I, I, I needed or wanted. And so now I'm just like, just carry me into March. Just carry me, please, into March. That's unfortunate. That's mad unfortunate. Hmm. Is it possible we don't need a movie every weekend? Is it possible we could have just had Sweeter Than Chocolate and A Paris Proposal be, like, A Paris Proposal could have been, um, like, so Sweeter Than Chocolate, like, if we're going to end January with Avalanche in a can, right, take that next week off, which I think was February 4th, take that off. Then take the weekend before Valentine's Day. Let that be your Valentine's movie with Sweeter Than Chocolate. Because Sweeter Than Chocolate was a Valentine Valentine's movie that was really, really good. Take off this week and then give us a Paris proposal. You wanna like you you wanna create anticipation and wanting and yearning. And Having so many movies doesn't 
insert, especially because of the amount of new actors that we have been receiving in droves, it doesn't create anticipation. It creates exhaustion. Because <laughs> if anything, I'm more, I have more anticipation for movies of actors that we already have established relationships with, such as Kimberly, Brooks, Paul. Ty's movie is coming out in March with Rhiannon. I've I've had a relationship with Rhiannon outside of Hallmark through Up TV. But now she's solidifying herself within the Hallmark camp with Splash of Love and Nikki and Nora. And now she has this one. So I feel like they're putting her in the Hallmark roster and she's moving into our small town. So I'm I'm finna I'm I'm fine to go to her house and have a plate, you know what I'm saying? Um I just I just need the factory maybe to take a couple days off. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Take some vacation days. Take that PTO, you know? I feel like we, we have so much PTO stored up that we ain't got to be making all these movies, y'all. I don't know. And so, uh, someone sent me a tweet that someone said, um, and I mentioned this in the first segment, but it solidified it even more when I saw the tweet where it says, I feel like, you know, we get like Christmas gets all this energy. And then it's like the new year. They just, they, they don't care. They forget about it. Well, yeah, this is unfortunate on all cylinders. My crown rating for this is two. I gave it in my YouTube video, two and a half. And I recorded the YouTube video before I recorded this. The more that I'm chewing on it, I'm just going to give it two. The half is probably for the car, which is probably why I give it a half in the YouTube video. But the two crowns are for Ronald's skin and the curly-haired nephew. What are y'all thoughts on Welcome to Valentine? Because a couple, a few people reached out to me. <laughs> Y'all reached out to me right after the movie. It was like, did you watch this? Because I thought it was going to be something and it wasn't. So, yeah, I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities with this movie. So leave me a voice message and let me know what you thought about Welcome to Valentine. What is your favorite Valentine's movie so far this month? Are you team Sweeter Than Chocolate? Are you team Paris Proposal? Or are you team Welcome to Valentine? Tell me. Am I bugging? Are you like, Dara, you are bugging. Let me tell you. Bada, 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 bada. Let me know via a voice message. Let me know. There is a link in the show notes that will take you to the place where you can do that. Let your girl know. So we are going to take another micro break and then I will be back with your weekend watching guide. So stay tuned. Hello friends, welcome to your weekend watching guide. This is our closing segment of our movie review episode where I kind of cue you up for the movies that you can expect to see across our favorite networks this weekend. So let's start with Mothership Hallmark Channel. It's going to be our last movie of Loveuary. I can't believe we're going into the last week of February. This is wild. This is so wild. The movie is called Made for Each Other. 
and it stars Matt Cohen, Alexandra Tursbin, Aaron O'Connell, and Elena Douglas. And the synopsis reads as such. A sculptor uses magic to mold her ideal man into reality, but begins to fall for her real-life friend and embraces the flaws that makes love perfectly imperfect. This reminds me of another movie, and I need y'all to help me with this because I cannot think of the title for the life of me. There is a movie like this floating out there on the streaming ether, but with a painting premise. And this woman painted her real life, like her ideal guy into existence. But then she realizes her friend is her real, you know, true love. There was like, it's a little quirky offbeat movie. I feel like Grayston Holt is in it. I don't know if I'm, I got to look at his IMDb, but I promise you, I remember watching that movie and loving the mess out of that movie. She was a painter and like her ideal guy, I think she was in college. Her ideal guy came into her life and her friend was overprotective, blah, blah, blah. I, I got to find that movie. I have to find that movie. So that's on Hallmark Channel. It's called Made for Each Other. Simultaneously, while that is airing on Great American Family on Saturday at 8 p.m., we have The English Estate. There we go. The English Estate. Here is what it's about. New York City real estate executive Nora Cartwright has just found out that her unknown great uncle passed away and left her a beautiful English property. Pause. Can I have a great uncle, a great aunt who don't know me from a can of beans, but want to leave me a six figure, seven figure business or uh, an estate in Ireland or England or, or, or a diner in Australia? Can I have a great grandmother who wants to like leave the legacy of her candy cane company to somebody can i that's all <clears throat> next in need of money to buy her own office nora takes the first flight to england with a view to sell the mansion not counting on her uncle's handsome business partner to get in the wine this one stars spencer Locke and charlie clap clapham c-l-a-p-h-a-m is how i'm assuming you pronounce it because it's cl clapple. Okay. I'm going to just keep going. Then the last movie for our weekend watching guide is being brought to you by up TV. They air their movies on Sundays at 7 PM. And this one is called sweet on you. The premise reads as such Kate, a small town pie shop and shop is spelled with two P's and an E. Also, you know, they're trying to take it all the way back. Kate, a small town pie shop owner, encounters city boy Drew, who, unbeknownst to Kate, is in town to build tract homes that would run straight through her shop until Drew finds his heart stuck between his family wishes and a chance at love. Ah, can you give me cheese? Can you give me predictability? Can you give me bad boy real estate and small town uh shop come on somebody 
I'm excited for that one. Well, you guys, that's going to conclude our weekend watching guide for this episode. Be sure to set your DVRs and let me know which one you are going to be checking out this coming weekend. If you are a first time listener here at Dear Hallmark, don't forget to subscribe. Join the fam. It is free 99 for you to subscribe, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, I uh, what is it? Radio something or other, uh, Google Podcasts or any, however your ear take them podcasts subscribe and then once you subscribe be sure to rate and review because when you rate and review you let other people know that there is other hallmark podcasts out there that they can consume throughout the year and not just at christmas time oh no and it also does something to the algorithm so that dear hallmark can be pushed out to more people and so that more people can readily see that dear hallmark exists so be sure to rate and review if you haven't already. There is some links in the show notes that will, you know, it'll familiarize you with the home of Dear Hallmark and all the things we have going on here. And if you want to let me know your thoughts about Welcome to Valentine, about what I expressed about the Hallmark Channel and just kind of the moves they've been, they've been making with the article, you can leave me a voice message. Just like you heard in last week's episode with Mary Beth, there is a link in the show notes. And when you click it, it will take you to a page where you're able to leave 60 seconds worth of your thoughts. And I'll play it here just like I did last week on the podcast and respond to it. So be sure to leave me a voice message. And with that, guys, my name is Dara, like I said, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Ciao, my friends.